There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, queens, self-love clubbers, and welcome to the Self-Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll get to the show very soon. First, if you haven't already met our new podcast, It's our home of pop culture. It's called Gloss, part of the Self Love Club media family. We would so appreciate your support in helping out our new sibling podcast who is just a little bear bear and she needs some pals. So you can find the details in the show notes. We have two seasons almost already under our belt so you can go back and listen to the backlog there was a show club about dolly alderton's everything i know about love we also discussed the book of course one of my absolute favorites and recently we have done a two-part series on celebrity beauty brands now if you dabble in a bit of beauty tiktok skincare is your thing maybe you're buying the latest viral products and Hailey bieber could be an inspo fashion beauty and you may have even got the donut glazed nails you're seeing all over socials check I have those you can see them on my socials as well this is for you we have done a lot of research into the major players you know Rihanna Fenty Beauty a lot more in there so check out our two-part series subscribe to Gloss on your podcast app they're on all of them and there are links in our show notes And you'll find them on my Belle Crawford socials as well with a a link to all my things. Really appreciate you having a listen and letting us know what you think. It is co-hosted with my friend Anna. We have conversations that you have with your pals as well. And we're always open to ideas of what you would like us to deep dive. We do have one that we're working on behind the scenes, which I think you're going to enjoy. On the show, we're chatting about nutrition, tips and ideas for busy people diet culture, and re-evaluating our relationship with the scales with New York-based dietetic intern Mel Spinella, founder of Well by Mel, where Mel shares easy, healthy recipes for busy people. I found Mel on TikTok and really loved her approach to nutrition and wellness. We are bombarded with content about what we should be eating, Dan the plate videos, we'll get to those soon. So what should we really eat and how can we be kinder to ourselves while we're at it? Let's get into my conversation with Mel. Mel, welcome to the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for your time crossing live to New York at the moment. It's very exciting. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Belle. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Now, I discovered you on TikTok. I love your content, what you're all about. So I'm so excited to have you on. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. So I'm Mel. I am the founder of Well by Mel Nutrition, and I help busy people and people who don't like to cook put together nutritious meals and snacks in less than five minutes. I have a master's of science degree in nutrition from Columbia University, and I'm currently a dietetic intern and just a few months away from becoming a registered dietitian, which I'm super excited about. Um, Nutrition is a career change for me. Before this, I worked in the supply chain and manufacturing industry for several years. It was really after college that I got interested in nutrition 
in college is when I started to understand the connection between what I ate and how I felt. And after college, I really wanted to start eating healthier and um, started cooking healthy recipes and got really, you know, into looking on going on Pinterest and, you know, just looking up different healthy recipes. And I was having so much fun experimenting in the kitchen and cooking different recipes. Um, And eventually that passion evolved. And I was listening to nutrition podcasts and reading nutrition books. And I eventually realized that this is something I wanted to pursue as a career. So I'm super excited to to almost be there. Yeah, that's so exciting. And we're going to talk all through that soon. But first, take us back. Where did you grow up? And growing up, did you know what you wanted to do? Oh my gosh, not at all. So (laughs) I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Like nutrition was definitely not on my radar. I grew up in like a healthy household. You know, we had fruits, veggies, like overall, like pretty healthy diet. Um, But it's definitely not something that was on my radar. I was a competitive swimmer, a varsity swimmer in high school and like beginning of college. And, um, you know, I wasn't really cooking many of my meals, you know, growing up. So it wasn't something that I had really thought of. It wasn't really until college that nutrition got on my radar at all. I mean, you discovered your love of it at college and everything, but what drew you to it? Like, what do you think? Was there something that you were experiencing or, you know, it's, I love when anyone's got a passion. So what drew you into that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it was just understanding like the connection between what I ate and how I felt in college. I wasn't living the healthiest lifestyle. I was, you know, not sleeping a lot. I was not eating the healthiest foods, going out, like late night eating, all of that. And, you know, I realized, you know, when I was going back home and like eating, you know, home cooked meals and, you know, eating more vegetables and just eating more balanced meals overall, I felt so much better. Felt like it changed. Like I was an athlete when I was eating better. My athletic performance was better and I felt better and I felt like my skin looked better and it just made me feel better overall. And that's why it was something that I really wanted to pursue after college. And I was really interested in getting back to cooking healthier recipes and then I was just feeling good. I was having a lot of fun experimenting in the kitchen. And I also realized that like eating healthy can be really fun and delicious. I think like growing up, um, I had like a negative connotation about it, like thought that eating healthy was bland and boring. It was, you know, eating grilled chicken and, and broccoli all the time. And I realized like, no, you can make like these really amazing and delicious meals that are also nutritious. Yeah, you're so right. I think a lot of us, when we leave home and then go study or whatever you end up, what situation, whether you're in share houses or whatever, there is that time where you're cooking or fending for yourself and, and working out. And also you don't have a lot of money, so you're trying to make things work. And I think that's something that's so relatable. And then partying or whatever you're up to. So you're not always eating super well. And you can get, I remember getting quite sick a lot because, you know, you were partying and then you couldn't afford to really eat well. So I think it's really cool these days seeing more chat around you know, like you said, a lot of us saw, oh, to be healthy, you need to eat like grilled chicken and broccoli. And it doesn't really seem fun. It almost seems like a punishment as much as I personally love broccoli, you know, so I'm loving seeing this change in narrative about healthy eating now. Yes, me too. Yeah. And was it a bit of a risk for you? You know, you talk about, I think for anyone, when you change what you were doing, so you've changed what you were doing in the supply chain world to now do what you're doing now. Obviously you were super passionate, but were you a little bit scared of making that change? Oh my gosh, I was so scared. So I went back to school when I was 28, 
but I debated it probably for like two or three years. It was something that like, I definitely knew I wanted to do. Like I was spending my free time engrossed in nutrition, reading nutrition books, listening to podcasts, you know, doing all the research that I could on my own. And I knew it was something I was passionate about, but I was nervous because I had had started a career and, you know, I was a few years into it and I thought, you know, I'm too old to make a career change. Like I can't do it now. And it was really when um, I was working as in my job right before I started school, I was with a senior manager and he was in his mid fifties. He was just talking about retirement. And, you know, I was fortunate in that I really liked the companies that I worked for and I worked with really great people, but the work I was doing, I wasn't as passionate about as, you know, as the passion that I found with nutrition. When I heard the senior manager, you know, talking about his retirement, I was doing the calculations in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could stick with this career for another 40 years. I think I need to really pursue something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, and I guess by taking that leap like a lot of us have, it all sort of works out, doesn't it? But it can feel quite scary when you leave like a safe job that you've studied or worked towards. I guess fear of the unknown, like what kind of work am I going to get? What's it going to look like? So it, it can be a big risk. I know I and a lot of people will relate with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And how did you get on to starting sharing your work? I guess social media is such a great way to, to share what you're doing because I really love uh, your recipes for busy people and also the grocery idea as well, like the whole feature you do, the groceries if you don't have time to cook, which I think is something that so many of us think we don't have time to cook when we're leaving, leading these busy lives, you know, working a lot, a lot of things on the go, whether you've got kids, whatever it is, career girlies, what sort of sprung that all on? It's funny. Um, my social media account started just as like a healthy recipe blog. Uh, I was just, you know, sharing my regular healthy recipes that did involve some cooking. I had um, some friends and family that were following the account and I would hear like, oh, like, you know, I love your account, but I don't know if I'd make the recipes, they look a little complicated, which is funny to me because I consider myself a pretty lazy cook. So I felt like the recipes, even though they did involve, you know, some cooking for a little bit more than my, you know, don't like to cook five minute recipes. But I took that feedback that in living in New York City, a lot of my friends weren't cooking at home. A lot of them were ordering takeout. So I was like, you know what, like, let me just share some recipes, just some like grocery ideas where you can use these groceries to throw together just quick and easy meals. And I think the first recipe recipe that I posted was like a Greek yogurt bowl. And then um, I posted like a, like a Caesar salad wrap um, from a salad kit. And I was just getting like really positive feedback on that. And it turned into, you know, this fun little challenge of, okay, like I want to keep making these videos. And every time I went to the grocery store, I was like, okay, like what meal can I put together with ingredients um, where I can just assemble this meal in five minutes or less, but it's really quick and easy. Because there are a lot of barriers to eating healthy and not liking to cook and not having time to cook are definitely one of those. So that's really what I'm seeking to address with these videos and showing that you can make nutritious meals in with very little like, time and effort in less than five minutes. Yeah, and people can check out your content to get some more ideas. But what tips would you give us? Because I know even for myself, I do enjoy cooking, but sometimes you feel like you don't have time, even though you probably do, but especially if you're juggling a lot. So what are some things, what are some ways that we can help ourselves, I guess, to, to learn the hacks that you've gone about? Yeah, definitely. So 
before I answer that, it's funny because I actually do like to cook. Like, I feel like people just assume that I don't like to cook, but I actually do. Um, (laughs) I just kind of took you through the background of how that started. Um, But, you know, sometimes also it's just nice to, I think I started making these recipes during the pandemic when everyone was at home cooking every meal. And sometimes it's just nice too, to just like throw together something quick and easy, like, especially after a long work day or just if you've been cooking meal after meal and just sort of want to break. But to answer your question, how can we put together nutritious meals very quickly? So I think just using certain ingredients that are easy to throw into meals, in addition to some ingredients that are prepared, makes it putting together nutritious meals easy. And I'm going to take a step back and say, just a general formula that I like to think of when I'm putting together meals is protein, fat, carbs, and veggie starch fruit. And in the protein category, for example, using some of those more prepared versions of proteins like rotisserie chicken or you know Greek yogurt, super easy to use, um, canned fish, beans, things like that for a carbohydrate, things like whole wheat or whole grain bread, tortillas, um, microwave rice. And for veggies, you could use, you know, pre-chopped veggies are certainly like make growing, um, are certainly easy to throw into meals. Um, they tend to be more expensive. However, using frozen fruits and vegetables are another great option because those tend to be peeled, chopped and ready to go other than just like needing to be thawed. And of course they last longer, they tend to be less expensive. So those are another great option. And then sources of fat that I like to think of are things like cheese, avocado, oils, nuts and seeds, and different dressings and flavors will sometimes contain fat in them too. So I like to think about having those components of a meal and then what flavors and sauces can you add to give it some, to make it fun and interesting and taste good, because that's ultimately what we want. We want it to be nutritious, balanced, and also taste good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's quite simple really, but I think the thing is we're just a bit busy and lazy like you know like it's just prepping yourself like I know that when you've got a busy life or whatever you need to do meal prep and make sure that you have things there it doesn't have to be a big strenuous thing but I know for myself you know getting up early in the morning or whatever you have on the day if you can prepare it then when you're tired from a big day you're not as oh you know like let's just have some crackers for dinner or you know let's just make something easy and it's not you're not feeding you're not feeding yourself properly so you're not eating properly which then is like a spiral ongoing effect of how you're feeling because you're not you know you're living this I, I think a lot of us are living this lifestyle now and I can imagine it's so much like that in New York where everyone's just working so hard and burnout culture you know um and so I just yeah I guess it's simple stuff really isn't it <laughs> Yeah. And I like, I mean, I do like meal prep, but I also like just like the throw together recipes as well as an alternative to meal prep, because I don't know about you, but I can do meal prep for a couple days in a row, but I, by the time it hits like day three of meal prep, I can't do the same meal. I just don't think it tastes good anymore. I don't want to eat the same food. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I like fresh things. So like, if you're going to you know, people meal prep so much in advance. I mean, like maybe chopping some vegetables a couple of days in, a, in advance mm-hmm. or a day, the night before or just or that morning or something when you get a sec so that when you need to throw it together. Yeah, totally. I feel like for me, I'll just, my throw togethers will just be like some kind of bowl with like lots of veggies and stuff in it. And I mean, I could 
Probably just, I think a lot of the time when I was, you know, working and making meals for myself a lot, that's what I would do because that was what you had time and it was still fueling you, you know. So probably not that interesting to some people, but it's what I could do, I guess. I mean, if it tasted good to you and it made you feel good, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, because I think a lot of the time people are trying to try new meals and, you know, make things interesting because people get bored of of things. So, you know, what are some ways that we can do that? I mean, again, it comes back to not being too lazy to try things or having that time, but how can we spice things up for ourselves a little bit to keep it interesting? I think it's really like changing up the flavors and sauces that you're using in different meals and maybe not doing the same meal every day. I really like what you said about like the prepping and chopping different ingredients. I think that's a really great method too, because then you have a bunch of ingredients prepped and you can kind of mix and match meals. You can mix and match sauces and flavors that we're not eating the same thing all the time. Maybe you're repeating some of the, the ingredients, but it's a completely different meal each time, which I really like. Also, we can just get inspiration from a lot of different things. I think, you know, social media, is a great place to get inspiration for different recipes, you know, Pinterest, you know, when you're out at a restaurant, if you like a certain flavor or like a certain meal, pulling from all of those different places to get inspiration for, for meals. What are some good ideas for, I guess the thing that catches people out is like sauces and flavors. Obviously you can use some great spices or, you know, lots of different things, but what are some ideas with that that you could add to meals, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just thinking like flavors off, off the top of my head, like something like various salad dressings, throwing in like guacamole, throwing in hummus, throwing in like a peanut sauce, uh, different seasoning, like using taco seasoning in some of those, just like adding in those spices and flavors and different sauces and dressings um, from the store, you know, depending on the ingredients that you're cooking with, like what kind of goes with it. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's going to make the meal interesting and taste good and taste and be unique from the other meals. Yeah. Do you find like, I know you're super passionate about food, but do you ever feel like you just end up cooking the same stuff? Because I know I do. And then you want to try new things, but you just stick to the same thing. Like, do you or do you branch out a bit more? I feel like I go through phases. Like I will be really into something and I'll have it regularly for like four weeks. And then I'll have another thing that I jump into. And then I'll like go through that phase and have that frequently for a period of time. Still to come, more tips for busy people and for food shopping. We chat about the that girl aesthetic when it comes to wellness. And we also talk about reevaluating your relationship with the scales and how Mel was able to do it. We'll be back with the rest of our conversation after a quick break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I really like some of your videos where you talk about, and it's something we're seeing so much on social media at the moment, that clean girl aesthetic. And we've seen it for so long, you know, this is what you need to do to be healthy, which I want you to talk us through that. The whole, you don't need to get up at this time of the day or do these things to be healthy, because I think that's a narrative that gets pushed on people a lot, which I mean, yeah, good for the people that are doing it or whatever, but that makes people feel quite crap if they're not living that same lifestyle. 
Absolutely. I feel like on social media, there can definitely be, you know, this vision of wellness that it's perfect. You know, you go to this really popular workout class, you're going to the farmer's market, you're cooking all your meals from scratch, whatever the case may be. And if you do that, like that is amazing. And I applaud you, but that certainly does not need to be wellness for everyone and just is not practical for everyone. Wellness like really looks different on everyone. There is no one size fits all. And what works for one person may or may not work for you. What's really important is being consistent and finding healthy habits that you can do every day. Because when you can do something consistently is when you're going to get the benefits. And, you know, we're all so different. We all have different preferences, different schedules. What is something that you're able to sustain and do long-term could vary for someone else. So that's why when I see those videos, I feel like it makes people think like, this is the only way I can be healthy. This is the only way I can be well. And that's really just not the case. Yeah, totally. And that's something we've sort of touched on. And I've felt, you know, being in a a podcast that touches on like wellness and health and well-being, I feel like it's like almost like a status thing that if you do these things, you are healthy. And if you don't, and so even through doing this podcast, I've had to be clear that no, like we're not like a wellness elitist podcast. Like this is for everybody. Also, the other one I wanted to touch on, and I really love the video you did about not having to weigh yourself, which I think when it comes to health and nutrition, again, we're seeing a shift away from maybe what would have been the attitudes and societal behaviors before that you don't need to weigh yourself. And so talk us through that because it's so refreshing to hear. The relationship with the scale. So that's something that I personally struggle with. And I know many other people have as well. You know, growing up, I feel like, you know, I had a scale. I thought it was a habit that was healthy to do. You know, you weigh yourself every day. For me, it sort of evolved into then I was weighing myself multiple times a day. And then, you know, I noticed that the number that I saw on the scale was impacting different aspects of my life. If it was a number I didn't, I wasn't happy to see, you know, then it would put me in a bad mood for the rest of the day. I would have a poor body image day. It might impact the food I was eating and how much I was eating for the rest of the day. Whereas if I had, you know, a quote unquote good number, then I was, I'll eat whatever, you know, I was in a good mood. And I eventually realized the power that that number on the scale had over me. And, you know, just the stress and anxiety it gave me if it wasn't the the number I was looking for, if it was in the wrong direction. And over time, I realized like, how is this serving me? What benefit am I getting from this? And if it's not serving you, if you're not getting a positive, then why are you doing it every day? Why are you putting yourself through this? Weight is just one piece of the picture. It's, it's just one piece of the puzzle. It's not the full picture. So at the end of the day, if it's causing stress and anxiety, like what benefit is it giving you? For me, it, it was not. I really had to reevaluate my relationship with the scale. Yeah, no, that's so nice to hear. I think a lot of us feel that way. I don't weigh myself either. I have a history of an eating disorder. And for me, I'm in a good place now. I think everyone's different. If that works for you, great. But if you, yeah, it can be really hard for people. And I think you're right. Like it doesn't tell you everything and we can't define our worth by seeing a number and being like, oh, that's too much. It's just, it's damaging. And I'm all for not worrying about that, you know, unless that's something that you really want to do and you're okay with. Yeah. And our bodies fluctuate. It's completely normal. So why are we beating ourselves up over just natural bodily fluctuations? Yeah. And like, what is a perfect number anyway? Like what, you know, what are we expecting to be what we were when we were younger, maybe before we developed or yeah, it's, it's very damaging. So I like that. How were you able to stop? Oh my gosh. No, it was definitely not something that happened overnight. Um, It took some reflecting of, you know, once I realized how it was impacting me on a, on a regular basis 
Afghanistan, I think after the weekend was a really big thing for me. You know, I would weigh myself after the weekend and, you know, after the weekend is normally when I was going out to dinner and things like that. The number on the scale would usually be a few, a few pounds higher. And, you know, I would just be really upset and I would start being really hard on myself after I would see that just because the number goes up a little bit on the scale doesn't mean it's fat. Like doesn't mean that you've gained fat. We know that you have to eat 3,500 calories in excess of what you're already eating to gain a pound of fat. And realistically, like if the number goes up a few pounds on the scale, you weren't eating that many excess calories in addition to what you were already having. There's so many things that impact the the number on the scale, your hydration status. If you had a high carb meal, you know, your body stores more water and you may be holding on to more water weight, whether or not you've gone to the bathroom. There are so many things that impact the number on the scale. Having these fluctuations, like having such a big impact on me, I eventually realized it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth, yeah, just, just feeling bad about myself when I was seeing these. And it started with like taking a few days off and then it turned into weeks off. Just kind of went from there, but it was a gradual process. Why did we I think we need to weigh ourselves so often. I feel like people still do. I even saw a clip of a TV show recently where it's like, oh yeah, this week I've da-da-da. And I mean, I guess for some people there is a use in it if that's what helps them and their goals. Perhaps they've got, you know, health conditions and things. But who do you think sold us the idea we had to weigh ourselves all the time? It just seems a bit silly. Yeah, that's a great question. But I, I want to know why, because I think a lot of us grapple with, and especially women, and people do in general, but why do we think we had to do that? Like, yeah, it's again, it's a very big, deep question. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's kind of, it's part of diet culture. Like we're taught like, oh, having a scale is healthy. You know, you see it in all like health and wellness settings. You know, you're doing a good thing. I never once had a good feeling from seeing a scale. Like unless maybe you were like, you'd, <laughs> had some goal and you'd lost weight and you're like, yay, but that's dangerous, isn't it? Cause it's like, why should we celebrate? Obviously we want to be healthy, but it puts in that thing that if you're not losing, then it's, da- it, and yeah, for a lot of us, it's very dangerous. So yeah, no, I'm a big topic, but I would wish we could stop doing that. What are some of your, what were some of your frustrations about diet culture and how you want to sort of work and helping change that? There's so many things. And I think social media, like there's a lot on social media, which can be very problematic, um, especially just because like now, you know, we can see so much information and nutrition is like this interesting area where like anyone and everyone has an opinion and like wants to share it and does share it, like whether or not they have like any education to share it, which makes it very dangerous as well. And I think one thing that impacted me personally before I went back to school and studied nutrition was like the hyper focus on individual ingredients. When I was in my twenties, I had a very stressful approach to wellness and I would stress over like every ingredient and every food that I was eating. And I think a lot of that was what I was seeing on social media, what I was seeing, you know, bad nutrition information overall about demonizing like very specific ingredients and specific foods. And I was afraid to eat anything. So misinformation and just a lot of that, you know, focus on individual ingredients versus overall diet and lifestyle can lead to a lot of stress and anxiety, or at least it did for me in terms of, you know, nutrition and and what to eat. And, you know, now that I've gone through my degree, I've gone through education, I've realized that diet as a whole matters so much more. And right now I focus more on my overall diet than hyper focusing on individual ingredients or, you know, individual days even. So overall pattern that that really counts. Yeah, no, I can so relate with that. You know, for a while, a lot of us were, and I'm, people probably still are, you know, scared of oils, salts, different ingredients. Like I would 
read the back of an oil like oh how much oil is going in this whereas now I don't even think about that because oil is good for you like the right you know the right ones and 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 you're allowed to have good fats and so it's education really isn't it did you need any support to help you get through that because I know it's very hard to sort of reprogram not only your own thinking but what you've been shown and you know what society is doing I didn't have any like individual like one-on-one support but I think it's really helpful like getting various dietitians I found on social media I heard you know in lectures and class and just a variety of different resources hearing them like talk and acknowledge about some of these issues and like some issues with diet cultures and debunking some myths it really like got me thinking about these things and then eventually like reflecting on you know, my own relationship with food, you know, my own relationship with the scale things. And it just kind of opened up my mind to like really question things. What is your opinion of like calorie counting and things like that? For the purpose of weight loss, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, like, you know, as a, as a nutritionist, like what are you, what's your perspective on that? There's going to be a variety of different scenarios, but just like generally in the terms of just like generally healthy diet, like we don't need to be counting calories. You know, we need to be thinking more about the nutrients that we have in our plate. And in a lot of the recipes that I have, I don't even put portions. I say like, put this, like combine this and this and this, because everyone is different. And I think it's like getting in touch, like with your body and like realizing what's going to satisfy you, what's going to fuel you, what's going to make you feel good. Like when we go to things like calorie counting and, you know, going to something on the scale, like we're focusing externally and we're not focusing on like how our body really feels part of, you know, having a healthy diet and being overall healthy is feeling good. I love that so much. That's so great. And you're so right with social media. While it's great everyone's sharing things, maybe I'm just hyper aware people who maybe have struggled with things or, you know, mindful of that. People don't realize how harmful it can be when they share information. And maybe that's what works for them. It's totally fine. But, you know, I think also it's almost this braggy thing like, oh, I eat this. And everyone's, it's a highlight reel, right? And then people might, I look up to this person. I need to eat like them. So, yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an uh, interesting one because obviously you can get inspiration from people, but they're not experts. So you've got to be a bit careful. Oh, my gosh. The What I Eat in a Day videos. Yeah. I'm oh. not a fan of those. Um, well, I think the biggest thing that bothers me about those is 90% of the time, at least the ones I see, it always starts with a body shot. And even though they're not saying that, it sends the message that if you eat like this person, you will look like this person. And we know that's just not the case. Everyone is unique. It's great to get recipe inspiration, but I don't think seeing it in a full day format is helpful. I think, you know, it can just lead to comparison. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm very careful about sharing what I eat online just because I know how damaging it can be and and if I'm eating things like pizza or whatever I'll, I'll show that as well like I feel like it's very easy like you say to be doctored into this oh I ate a body shot and then I'm gonna have a green juice and then forget about all the other foods that are totally fine to eat you've given us so many ideas and I know that we can go to your content to look up and it's hard to say like what are some food ideas because obviously there are so many but what are some things we can do in our daily lives to I guess look after ourselves and fuel ourselves well whether it's ideas for breakfast or throughout the day what are some things we can do or a big thing for me is just focusing on balanced meals um so when I say balanced meals I'm thinking of a meal that has, and this is pretty loosely, but protein, fat, carbs, and fruit slash veggies. And that general formula is important because that is rich in a variety of different nutrients, but will also keep us feeling full and satisfied. And that's important because when you feel full and satisfied, that'll help carry you from meal to meal. 
and make you less likely to get hungry between meals. Whereas if you have a meal that is less balanced, maybe you will get hungry an hour or two later. And you know, what happens when we get hungry? We get distracted. We're thinking about food. We're thinking about our next meal. My content typically caters towards busy people because, you know, if you're a busy person, you may or may not be able to grab a meal or snack. Eating balanced meals uh, will help carry you to the next meal. So you feel satisfied and your mind can shift and think about things other than food. Focusing on that general formula, I mean, there's a variety of different ways that you can do it. And like everyone is so individualized and different things will, will work for different people just based on their taste preference. And it's really important to figure out what works for you, because if you find a way of eating, or if you find a way within that combo of eating that you enjoy, and you're able to, to incorporate that habit into your lifestyle, because sustaining those habits is ultimately where you're going to get those benefits versus if it's only something that you can do, you know, a week or a month at a time. And also, what are some of your go-to self-care practices? What do you like to do to take care of yourself? So nutritious balanced meals are definitely a part of that. But I would also say just like overall, having a non-stressful and flexible approach to nutrition and wellness overall. When I was younger, I definitely had a more stressful and perfectionist mentality when it came to wellness. Like I had to eat the perfect foods with the perfect ingredients list and how to get a really challenging workout in every day. And like some days that would work out, but other days like life would happen and it would be really challenging to, you know, have this perfect day. I just remember I would have so much stress and anxiety trying to fit these things into my day. And I eventually realized that stress anxiety, like isn't healthy either. Now I have a much more laid back practical approach to nutrition. And also I'm a lot, it enables me to be more flexible just because life will happen there, you know, maybe an impromptu happy hour at work where, you know, maybe you had a workout planned that day. And now suddenly, you know, you can't go to that workout class. You are eating bar food and, you know, it's not the, the healthy day you had envisioned. If you have a more flexible approach where you're thinking about the big picture, that enables me to be present and be in the moment and enjoy, you know, that time with colleagues or friends or, you know, whoever, whoever it's with having that stress and missing out on those moments and like the enjoyment with like food, hanging out with friends. And that's not necessarily healthy either or enjoyable. No, that's so relatable. I think people and as women, you know, we're trying to do so many things and the guilt of, oh, I didn't do that. And then beating yourself up. Everyone's trying to do a lot and keep our careers and families going and and eat well and exercise and do all the things. And it's just a lot, isn't it? (laughs) We just all need a bit of a nap. (laughs) (laughs) These like things come up and like that is just life. We shouldn't feel like that's going to ruin our day, right? Yeah. If, if our wellness routine is that rigid, maybe it's not that that healthy. What is some advice you would like to share with your younger self? You've shared a lot already of what you've learned and through, you know, your relationship with food and, and yourself. What would you tell your younger self? Yeah, I would definitely try to find more balance. Definitely try to get rid of the perfectionist mentality and just ask myself, you know, if you're healthy lifestyle is causing a lot of stress and anxiety, like, is it really healthy and really question that? And I would also tell myself that everything counts. Like I used to think if I couldn't get, you know, a workout in for over 30 minutes, like it doesn't count. Now it's like, no, like everything counts. Like if you go for a walk for a workout, that counts. Actually, I love that like everyone is into walking now because I'm really into walking now. And like walking is 
great. Like I love like just walking around like my neighborhood and like seeing new places. And it's just so refreshing. So great to get, you know, a change of scenery and listen to a podcast. And oh my gosh, it's so enjoyable for me. I feel like, you know, sometimes we can get into this like all or nothing, like it has to be perfect or, or, or we just go the complete opposite direction. Finding balance happens in the gray area. Yeah, that's so true. And again, it's a big question. What are some tips you think to helping with that perfectionism that a lot of us have? Are there little things that we could work on, do you think? Yeah, I think maybe the first step is just recognizing it. If you're doing it, just take a step back and like start to recognize like where you see if you have some perfectionist mentalities and then maybe like monitoring who you're following on social media. I know there's like a lot of really, you know, great registered dietitian accounts that debunk things and just have like very practical approaches to nutrition, which I really appreciate thinking about where, what information is causing the stress as well. And also one thing I wanted to touch on um, in regards to, you know, your grocery hacks, you know, when people go into a a supermarket, the groceries, and they think they don't have time, you know, it's all busy. What are some things we can do when we go in there? Oh my gosh, have a list. If you don't have a list, get a list. Um, I use the notes app on my phone, because then it's like, I can add it anywhere I am. Also, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I organize it like based on how the grocery store is the list like flows. Think about those categories of a balanced meal. So protein, fat, carbs and fruits and veggies. That way you can put different meals together. If you get something like lettuce, some kind of green that like a dressing would go with, you know, you get a salad dressing or you get a sauce. Yeah, that's good advice. And um, I love the list thing because I'm I'm loving all this. I, I can relate with all the A-type stuff. You know, we love a list, the notes phone. My, I, need, <laughs> I need to go clear out my list because it's a lot of to-do list. Is this, it's maybe even a step further with your food to-do list. Do you have a little emoji sometimes next to what you're getting? I know that's next level nerdy, but I do that. And I think it's cute, like bananas or broccoli and there's little emojis you can use. Oh my gosh, I don't. I might need to start. I love that. (laughs) I don't think I've really ever told anyone that, but I just, it's cute. It makes your shopping list cute, you know? I love that. (laughs) You've given us so much advice throughout this chat. I've loved it so much. What is any other advice you would like to share with those listening when it comes to, you know, loving themselves and living a happy life? Focus overall on sustainable, healthy habits. And I think one thing that I didn't touch on was a lot of diets and and things that we see out there are focusing on what you can restrict and eliminate from your diet. But something that I like to think of is what you can add to your plate. Figure out habits that work for you individually and just know that what you see on social media It doesn't have to be exactly the same for you and you can live a healthy lifestyle that works for you. And if you need help, I encourage you to reach out and like work with a registered dietitian because they could really help you figure out ways that you can incorporate um, healthy habits into your lifestyle. Yeah, one thing I thought I'd just touch on quickly is foods and things that help with stress. Like we're all going through lots of different stresses in our lives. What are some things we can do to help with that? Excess coffee can definitely lead to stress. Excess alcohol or alcohol in general can definitely have some negative impacts as well. Overall, like just focusing on whole foods, like omega-3s are really great. Things in salmon, things in nuts and seeds. Overall, just like making sure that we're eating a variety of different whole foods. We're getting our veggies in. Um, we're getting our healthy fats. We're getting our whole grains. Variety is really important as well, just because different foods are rich in different vitamins and minerals. Yeah, you've inspired us all so much. One thing I cannot but touch on with chatting with you, you live in New York. I haven't been yet. It's on the goals. And I think a lot of us have this fascination and we romanticize New York. I watch all the New York TV shows, the movies, and I just love it. So what's it like living in New York? 
<laughs> it, <laughs> I love loving New York. The highs can be high and the lows can be low. It goes either way. But no, I love New York. I'm definitely staying here. Yeah. What was it like moving there? Was it a bit of a shock to the system? I can imagine. Oh my gosh. So it took me like a while to move here just because like right after college, a lot of like my friends and my husband who I was dating at the time, like all moved to New York. I didn't live there. And I had like an internship the summer before I graduated college and it was in New Jersey and I would commute in. And the area I would commute into was like, just like this very busy area of the city. And like, I thought that that was like what New York was. And I like did not understand why people were so fascinated it until I like was staying with friends. Now I, I really, I want to live here. Like you will never like feel like you've gone to every place. It, it will just never happen. Like I have a list on my phone of places that I wanted to go to. Yes, I'm a fan of lists. Um, and it's just like, it's it's never ends. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate having a chat and thank you for everything you are doing. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Club. We really appreciate it. And please subscribe if you haven't already and select automatic downloads. You can leave us a five-star rating. And if you enjoy listening, please take a few seconds and maybe a minute to write us a kind review. This is a really helpful way to support us and help other people find the Self Love Club. You know, just share the self-love message. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Belle Crawford and Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok. All the details are in the show notes. I'll catch you soon.